You know, as they were singing that song, um, that song just always, I don't know, it just breaks out the anointing every single time. And I think it's, I think it's key, and it's kind of where we're going today, Bo. I know you, you minister some in the schools and with young people. And, and as we look at this generation, the promise, though the darkness looks stronger, it's not. It's not. And, and his promise is to a thousand generations. And so it just goes perfect with where we're going today. And I just can't thank you enough as the leader of worship for listening to the Holy Spirit, not just getting up here and performing. But when the word goes upon the word, upon the word, upon the word, it just magnifies it. And as we were singing that, I just, it just ministered so much to me because school's about to start. And as a grandma, as a nana, um, there's more opportunity for fear there with me being a nana than there was when I was a mom. I don't know if that makes any sense, all the nanas and grandmas and nanas and Gigi's and, you know, and in fact, Tanya and I talk about it quite often for our, our grandchildren. We cry out for the first time in our lives, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But what he began to minister to me about this morning, he's going to dispel that fear that we have for the future generations because his promise, it is faithful generation after generation. So are are you ready to let him minister to that? Even if you don't have children or grandchildren, just the fear of what this culture has tried to bring and what the God of this world, little G God of this world has tried to bring. We're gonna we're gonna dispel that we're gonna work on dispelling that fear today. All right. Y'all can be seated if you will. Thank you, worship team. You're amazing. Uh, the anointing on you is amazing. So the power of light remains. That's the title of today's message. The power of light remains. Darkness may see stronger. It's not. You hear me? It's not. It's not. It may be louder. The darkness may be louder. But I really don't even know that it's louder. I just think that Christianity has got quieter. And I believe that the scripture is coming true that the lion is awakening You know, we've got to the point where we're going, whoa, what were we doing in the 60s and 70s when when God started leaving our schools because he was being forced out by education? What, What were we thinking when we remained silent, when they began to kill babies within the womb? What were we thinking? Donnie, good to have you home. Uh, What were we thinking when we got quiet And these things didn't just jump in, they started working their way in. And so we just, I don't know what we did. And I was a child, so I'm not going to take a whole lot of responsibility. But anybody older than me, I'm looking at you this morning. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I, I know it slipped up on us all. It still tries to slip up on us all. But the Spirit of God is moving upon the face of the waters, upon the face of the deep, just as he was in Genesis. And so it's not... 
Maybe it's not even louder. Maybe, maybe it's just time for it not to be the most prevalent voice in the house, in the school, on the job, on the street. Because the Word of God has got to go beyond these walls right here. We shout it and loud it in here, but what about out there? What about your social, social media account? What's it saying? We have so much opportunity to face the world with the truth because we love them. Because they're dying out there. The darkness that existed, that exists today existed in the heavens when Lucifer tried to ascend his throne. Same darkness. You, you can go back, you can read that in Isaiah 14, starting around verse 12. We're not going to read it today. But in Isaiah 14, around verse 12, the God of this world, little g, God of this world, the God of this cosmos, he tried to ascend his throne above God's. It was the first sign of darkness that we see was when Lucifer tried to ascend his throne above God. There was a great uprising of darkness and rebellion against light. But Jesus said something so powerful in Luke 10. You can turn there if you want to. I'm just going to read Jesus' part here. I love Jesus. He is not the wimp that the world tries to picture him. I'm telling you, we have a warrior for a savior. And, and he has a voice. And he's speaking. And when he's dealing with a situation in Luke 10, where they've, they've tried to overcome some, some darkness, they're rejoicing because, oh, wow, we have authority over demons. And Jesus is like, woo-hoo. I mean, that's basically what he said. Great. Good job. And he turns to them in Luke 10, 18, and he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus beheld Satan, Lucifer, as lightning fall from heaven. And I don't cuss, so I'll put it nice. He got his rear kicked out. He got a rear whooping. He... Darkness could not overcome light. And he and his little one-third of the angels, or however many angels there were that decided this rebellion against God, we're going to ascend our throne. They go in there, they try to take over. Jesus said, you think it's a big deal that you can look at, look at somebody and cast a demon out? I beheld Satan himself kicked out of the throne room of God. Behold, I give you mm. what we're scared of. That power. That power. That power. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The, I, can't, I can't remember who said this, but when I read it, this has been a long time ago, several years ago. I wish I could give them credit. 
Because in our heads sometimes, because we grew up under Marvel characters, and what's the other one? There's another one other than Marvel. DC characters, you know, there's good versus evil. There's, there's this guy has the evil equivalent. You know these people, huh? <laughs> we got a professional over here in the house. You know, for every hero, there's a villain. And they're like, you know, equally matched. And so we go, God and the devil. No. If you want to make a comparison, it would be like Gabriel and the devil. Because Lucifer was just a fallen angel. He's never been a God. Capital G. He set himself up as little G God on, in this cosmos. But he's not an equivalent evil to God. He's an equivalent evil to Gabriel. Take that. I don't know. That just really made me laugh. When I heard that the first I thought, what are we thinking? He was, he was created by God as an angel. How could he think he could go up there and throw out the one who created him? Yeah, it is. Thank you. I missed you when you were gone. If only that's good I got in the house while you were gone. Light overcame darkness. This present darkness is not stronger than that. In fact, it's the same darkness that that was with one difference. He's not trying to overcome us now for the first time. He's been beat, 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 beat. He is a defeated foe. He's a defeated foe. The power of light remains that fall, and I've been studying this a little bit because my grandson has a lot of questions about dinosaurs. And so, you know, when were they? When were they on the ark? You know, all these questions. And so, Bob Yandian, and if you want it, I'll get it for you. But Bob Yandian has a great study on the Jurassic era. And so, I don't know what you believe. I know what I believe. But um, the, the fall of Satan, the casting out of Satan, left the world, in my opinion, without form and void. God does not usually create things without form and void. It is not in his MO. So if, can't read it out of the word, if there is a gap between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, that could be where a lot of answers lie. That's not what we're teaching on today. We might do that on a Wednesday night in in-depth Bible study. But the, the fall, if it left the world without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, but the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He brooded. That's what that word means. The Holy Spirit was brooding over this mass that was now in chaos without form and and it was void and in Genesis 1 3 God said let there be light I want you to know that light remains it remains and there was light and God saw that light was good and he separated Light 
from darkness. He made a distinction between light and darkness. He still makes a distinction between light and darkness. Night and day, alive spiritually and dead spiritually, he still makes a distinction between light and darkness. To this day, darkness has never extinguished the light. The power of light remains. It remains. In Genesis 6, the world is corrupt. It is, the scripture says it is full of violence. We watch our news. We see it. If we're not careful, we get, we get consumed with it. We get afraid of it. We're afraid of what could happen to our kids at school. We're afraid of what could happen. We're in a world where we have a security team in church. There was one righteous family left. And I try to imagine this because sometimes I feel a little bit like, are we the last ones? <laughs> Babe? You got the boat started? Because I don't think we can get there in that bass cat, you know? Uh, the ark. There was, there was one righteous family left. The world was full of violence to the point that God, who makes a distinction between light and darkness, had to preserve light because light had to remain. God instructed the righteous how to build an ark. That's what he does right here in this room every single service. He's instructing us how to build the ark. Don't be afraid of the floods that are rising, of the storms that are blowing, of the things that are happening in the atmosphere around us. He will show you what to do. Well, I just don't know by the time I have grandkids or great-grandkids what he will. When the time comes, he will show you what to do. I don't know if I need to send my kid to school or to private school or to homeschool. He will show you. I can't answer that for you. He will show you how you need to build the ark for your family. And so he wiped out darkness, evil, and light remained. This darkness is not stronger than that darkness. There one family, one righteous family left. This darkness is not stronger than that darkness. You get what I'm saying here? What's happening around us is not stronger than everything that the light has overcome since Genesis. Then there was Sodom and Gomorrah. And it became filled with evil. Filled with evils, I think it may even read. God heard the cry of the people and he destroyed the darkness. That's found in Genesis 18. This darkness... Look, all the stuff that's going on with gender, it's not new. It was going on right here in Genesis. Light overcame it. This is what, if you go back through and you study scriptures, this is what you'll find. It cycles. It gets overcome and then... We start letting down our guard, and it re-enters, and then we overcome it again. And I, I was watching something interesting the other day. I can't think of the guy's name. One of you may can remember. But he was talking about some prophecies that have been coming out as of recent, talking about the mama bears 
going to be the ones. They're mad. They're protective. And they're, they're going to be key in turning things around, the things that are coming against our children. By the way, our children are not for sale. And, and it's one of the things that I thought of. I looked up here at Kayla. I thought, you mama bear. She was singing that. You could just see her. She was like sending it out on the congregation, you know. And, and I, thought, I thought of that prophecy. I'll try to find it for you. But it was, it was so powerful because now we're to the point of, you can't have my kid. You cannot have my grandchildren. You cannot have their minds. You cannot have their bodies. You cannot have their souls. Church, we got to get some fight back in us. But we got to realize we're not fighting flesh and blood and Democrats and Republicans. We are fighting spiritual warfare. Take it where it needs to go. It's light versus darkness. We're getting caught up in the politics of it. It is a spiritual fight. The Tower of Babel, the accounts of the children of Israel. I mean... The whole book is about darkness versus light and light overcoming darkness. And of course, Jesus Christ defeating every force of evil that could come against him in the heart of the earth after his crucifixion and being resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, coming up victorious over darkness and looking at us and saying, Now you have authority. Because you have his name. And the name of Jesus is above all names. I think we've lost that somewhere in our... I don't even know what you want to call some church services. I, I don't want to be critical. I, don't, I could put it on us too. There's something powerful held in the name of Jesus. And that is the defeat of the enemy... Instead of just sitting back and watching things happen around us, church, stir it up. Stir it up. I promise you that this darkness, it is not stronger than that. Than those three days. Not Thousands of years of darkness are put together are stronger than that day. Everything that was possible to come against mankind came against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The power of light remains because he was resurrected, because he won. It remains. This is what came to me this morning when I was at home getting ready. It's a really simple statement. But light is not scared of darkness. It shines through it. It's not that darkness doesn't exist. It's not that, that nothing's happening out there. It's happening. But light shines through it. If It's dark in here when these lights are out. And I'm not going to ask you to turn them off. Because we do have some, some smaller kids in the house. But when you turn out the lights in this room right here. There's no windows. So when you turn it off, and, and I think several of us have tried to walk down here in the dark before, just thinking, hey, I want to turn the lights on. Garrett, have you done it? Just going to walk down there. It, it's dark. But you can light one light, 
And all the rest of the darkness in the room cannot overcome that light. Jesus slipped the spirit of every man in here. Every woman in here. Everyone that cometh into the world has an opportunity to have light. And all the darkness in the world can't come against that light that's in you. If you were the only righteous person left, all of the darkness in the world cannot overcome that light because that light is his light. And you can go and you can read in the book of Revelation and when the two witnesses, the two prophets are in the earth after the, after the church has been taken up and, and everything in the earth is evil. Everything in the earth. You think, you've, you think we've seen stuff? We have seen nothing. When the church is removed and we are what withholds the darkness, holds it back, when, when we are removed, it is going to be hell on earth. And these two guys... Evil can't overcome these two guys. Two guys. The two witnesses. You can go read it. Read about the two witnesses. Until God allows them. Well, go read it. It's just like Jesus. He had to lay down his life. They couldn't take it. They They can't kill these two guys. There's nothing they can do. All the power, all... Whatever they've got, throwing at them. They, they can't kill them. Can't do it. Why? What are we afraid of? Light's not scared of darkness. Light's not scared of darkness. It shines through it. To overcome, and I'm, I'm telling you, we may go deeper into this next week, I'm not sure. You know, to send our children out into darkness you've got to send them as light you can't send them to be a part of the darkness you have to send them out as light go with me to John 1 1 do a little bit of reading there what does it mean I mean what do I mean when I say you know, we and our children need to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. What, what does that mean? It means following his word, being obedient to his voice, doing what his word says, doing what he speaks to you in your private time, the steps that he gives you to take. It keeps us in that light of protection. John 1, 1, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, In the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Who is He? He is the Word. It's Jesus, yes. But he is the word. When I say your children need to know the word, I mean your children need to know the word. And I'm not talking about in King James English. But they need to know 
who God is and what He says. And they need to find their identity in Him before they're sent out into darkness. Don't send children with no light into darkness. There is no choice if you do that. And this is what I see. Parents want to be liked. Can I go further? If you're divorced, you want to do what your kids want because you live in fear of them going to the other parent. Well, let's let them do this. I'm not going to say no to them. Maybe you don't make it that plain, but that's what you're doing. Permissive parenting. Popularity parenting. What you're going to find is you just sent a dark child out into a dark world. I can't tell you how many times my kids didn't like me. But I was raised by parents I didn't like. All the time. You know what? It's true, right? My, my parents were not out for a popularity contest. They had an assignment by God to raise me in the ways of the Lord and to send me out as a light. I didn't give you the mic today, Mommy. You got to watch her. She's on the front row. Everybody can hear her. Sure, I cried a lot. They told me no a lot. You can't send a child out without light. And that light can only come through the ways of the Word. They may not can tell you the Scripture, but this is what they know. This is how we do it at our house. This is who I am because this is who my parents are. Tell me that I am. This is why we have preschool class. (coughs) And God's been dealing with me about some things to do in the nurseries. Bridget, I'm probably going to get with you on that. I may need some help because I'm not creative in that light. But putting who they are in Christ Jesus in them at every single level. And I mean in the womb. Talk to them. Tell them who they are. And it's okay to say, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. You were made to be different. God makes a distinction. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love those that are in darkness. But he will protect the light. The light will remain. You can read all the way to the book of Revelation. The light, the remnant will remain. And it it doesn't mean that God doesn't love the other people. But he tells us, have no fellowship with darkness. And here we are sending kids out, telling them to have fellowship with darkness in the name of Christ. We need to reread this book. We need to reread it and see why God said the things that he said. In him was life. Verse 4, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. King James Version says comprehended it's not. Look it up. 
Look it up in the Greek concordance. It means it will not suppress it. The darkness will not suppress it. It will not subjugate it. It will not dominate it. It will not overcome it. So we, we need to generate that light. We need to feed on the Word. Psalm 119 verse 30 says, The entrance of your Word gives light. If you feel dark, give the Word entrance. If you work in a dark place, give the Word entrance. What am I talking about? You may have to pray. You may have to get up in the mornings and pray three hours before you go to work. Just do what it takes to walk in as a light and not to join in on the darkness when you get there. Pray over your kids. Pray over your children. Pray over your grandchildren. If you don't have children, pray over your neighbor's kids. Pray over our schools. Pray over our teachers. Pray over those that are in administration in our education. And I'm just, just leaning towards kids because school's fixing to start. When's the last time you prayed over the leadership of your job? When, when's the last time you spoke the word over your boss? You don't dispel darkness by talking about darkness. You don't dispel darkness by talking about darkness. I'm going to step on some toes. You ready? I'm a patriot. God bless America. I love, I love this country. It's not my God. It's not my provider. But I love this country, and I, I like to speak God's word over this country. What I've seen a lot of Christians do is immerse themselves in politics. In the dark part of politics. They're consumed with it. All they want to talk about is how bad how dark, how wrong. And look, I like to be educated. I like to know what's going on. I need to know how to vote because I think it's godly to vote. I think God wants a voice and your voting is part of that voice. Okay? So I like to be educated. But I do not want to immerse in the dark side of politics. Give me a Reader's Digest version of what's going on. Pretty much I can figure out there's dark and there's light. God, raise up people of light. But talking about the darkness does not dispel the darkness. Speaking light and being a light in those places, that is what dispels the darkness. In Genesis 1, God didn't get out there and say, Whew, man, the devil's working hard. Look at this darkness. This, this world will never make it. It's just chaotic out there. You know, that's what most Christians are saying. How's this generation? Let me tell you how this generation. They're powerhouses. They're powerhouses. They're worshiping uninhibited. They're putting the word of God in their hearts instead of going out and partying and doing other things. You will find them down here at the church volunteering for vacation Bible school. 
You know why? Because that's what their parents have immersed them in, and some of them are doing it even though their parents did not. And that has to do a lot with friends. Somebody else sending their child to school as a light. Man, I could go so many different ways with this. John 9, verse 5 says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. While you are in the world, you are the light of the world. How dark is the world? It's just not enough of us being light. I am the light of the world while I'm in the world. You know, Jesus, he, he made this statement. He said, look, we're, we're in the world. We're just not of it. There's a separation. When we get born again, we are a kingdom within a nation. We've taught on that before. We are a kingdom, the kingdom of God, within a nation. And we've got to know the difference. Because if the U.S. of A. goes in the wrong direction, I'm going to remain in the kingdom. And I'm going to be a success. And I'm going to be a light. And I'm going to be okay no matter where I am if I remain in the light. Don't panic over our country. Vote. Be involved. But don't panic. Go with me to John 17. This is probably the last passage that, well, we might get to one more. Jesus is speaking in John 17, and we're going to do a little bit of skipping around here because there, there's a lot here. But Jesus looked toward heaven and began to pray. He, he's here on the earth. He's preparing to leave, uh, to go, you know, to be crucified. He's preparing to leave the planet, and he's going to leave, especially these 11 guys and then his other followers here that are going to be in charge of the light. And, and so he, he begins to pray. In verse 6, kind of jumping down, he said, I revealed you, God, Father God, to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Verse 7, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Verse 9, I pray for them. I love this so much. Because when I think, just wait, it's going to get even better. When I think that Jesus, Susie, he prayed for you. If I came to you and I said, Todd, God prayed, Jesus prayed for you. Would you want to know what he said? If Jesus is going to pray for you, what? What did he say? We're fixing to find out. Verse 9 says, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still here. They're still here in this world, Father. Jesus is like, 
God, I'm going to leave. I want to come to you. But these that you've given me, they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. We're protected. Do you receive that this morning? We're protected by the power of the name. The name you gave me, Jesus said, so that they may be one as we are one. So that we may be one with the Father as he and Jesus are one. You know, the one that whooped the devil. While I was with them, I protected them, Jesus said, and I kept them safe by that name that you gave me. None has been lost except the doom to destruction, talking about Judas, that the scripture would be fulfilled. Verse 13, I am coming to you now, Jesus said, Father, I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world. There's a whole prayer principle there. This is where we can pray. We don't pray for people from heaven. We pray for them right here. Still in this world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them. Look, what we're going through ain't nothing. Compared to what past generations of Christians have experienced. That doesn't make his power towards me and what we're going through any less. He, he prayed that God would protect us. Jesus meant that. Do you think Jesus had the faith for that? They, the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. You are not of this world any more than Jesus was of this world. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. That's what Jesus prayed. Not that he would beam you up, but that you would be protected from the evil one. You know what? I think it would be great if you looked at your kids and said, Jesus, pray that you'd be protected. You're protected. Your mind's protected. Now, we do our due diligence as parents, grandparents, ministers, teachers, wherever you are. We do our due diligence to protect, okay? But Jesus prayed that they would be protected from the evil one. They are not of the world, verse 16, even as I'm not of it. Sanctify, that means separate, dedicate, consecrate them by your truth. How are you sanctified, set apart? By his truth. Your word is truth. By his word, that's how we're set apart. That's how the difference is made. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Not of the world, but we are sent to it. That changes how we see things. I'm a sent one. You are a sent one. You're sent into your school. You're sent onto your job. You're sent into the Walmart line with not enough checkers. Now we're either there light or we're there dark. For them, I sanctify myself. Jesus sanctified himself. That they too may be truly sanctified. 
This is, uh, this is my favorite part of the whole thing. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone, those that were standing there. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That, ladies and gentlemen, is you. He prayed for you. That you would be protected from the darkness. That you would be protected from the evil. That you would be lights sent. And that the power of light would remain and be passed down and spread by you. Oh, Ephesians 5. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Are you there? Close? Rusty says he's there. Ephesians 5. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Okay. Let's just stop right there for a moment. Find out what pleases the Lord. You know what one of the, the biggest sayings around has been in the last couple of years? Do what makes you happy. And I love a sticker that SJ did for me. It's still on my computer to this day. She has one that says, do, do what makes you holy. But see, the world's into self-love, right? Timothy wrote, I mean, we, we know this. We, we know that the world is going to be filled with self-love, self-care. We're after soul care, not self-care. And if we're going to be a light, we are going to find out, verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. Love is love. Won't cut it if you're looking at what pleases the Lord. There's a lot of things I've done in my life that wouldn't cut it if I was thinking about what pleased the Lord. I'll put myself in there. This goes across the board every area of our life. Does this please the Lord? Jesus loves everybody. Yes, he does. But he wants you, he wants you walking in the light. He wants you to be a light. He wants you to spread the light. Yes, he loves everyone. But we need to do what's pleasing to the Lord if we love the Lord. Christianity is not something that you get your ticket punched and then you just float along. It is a lifestyle. It changes. We go to Romans 12 and we're supposed to transform the way we think. What we thought was okay, does it please the Lord? Well, there's no law against it. But does it please the Lord? 
I mean, Paul wrote a lot of good stuff on that. Hey, what I, what I do might be all right. It might be legal, but it's not advantageous for you that I do it. We've got to get to a place where, where we t- we're teaching our children by example that we make our decisions based on what pleases the Lord. Well, I just have a temper. Well, you just need to lose it. Because that doesn't please the Lord. And the scripture says, hey, don't become friends with an angry man. That will tell us that's not pleasing. We alter ourselves to please our Savior. Thank you, Dylan. Find out what pleases the Lord, verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Well, it's not bad, but it's fruitless. It's fruitless. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. You know what I found? I'm very easily distracted sometimes with fruitless deeds. They're not bearing anything. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Oh, let me just tell you, darkness doesn't like to be exposed. That's why Christianity's not liked. And you're not even saying anything. You're just, you're just out there living a, a, a righteous life and it angers darkness. You spank your kids, they want to send you to jail. When the scripture says, if you spare the rod, you're going to spoil the child. And if you discipline, whatever discipline works for your child, and children are different. You know, you may have one, all you got to do is look at them. You may have one that may take a little more. But the point being, we can't just let these kids run rogue. There has to be some part of training with our children. If you send me to jail, you send me to jail. I'm not going to let my kid go to hell. Don't make me a t-shirt with that. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) They make t-shirts and next Sunday... I saw you. I love y'all too. Verse 12, better get back to it. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. It's not talking about the darkness that makes darkness visible. It's being the light that makes darkness visible. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That's why it is said, wake up. That's why it is said in the scriptures, referring back to to an Old Testament scripture, wake up, O sleeper. And rise from the dead. You know what the dead do? Nothing. That's why. Rise up. 
Rise, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And let me tell you why he wants to shine on you. Because he wants to shine through you. Are y'all awake? <laughs> I was about ready to hit the streets this morning. I mean, just, man, sometimes I've just been too quiet. I just, my circle is very Christian. You know, and to, to remember that anytime we are out in darkness, that the responsibility and the responsibility that we have to put the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ through our words and through our actions into our children so that when they're sent out into darkness, they are sent as light. That's what really was burning in me. Yes, the days are evil. You can go to Timothy, you can read it. Yes, the days are evil, but that darkness is not stronger than the light that remains in you through Jesus Christ. It's not stronger. It's not stronger. So it's just a matter, well, I could sing a song. I'll spare you, I think, if I can think of the words. Um, Hide it under a bushel. Yeah. Yeah. Hide it under a bushel. No. I want you to say that again. Hide it under a bushel. No. That's right. No. I'm going to let it shine. Amen. Like it. Don't like it. I'm not out there for controversy. I don't let my light shine because I'm in conflict or controversy. I'm not doing it for that purpose. I'm not, I'm not coming after people. I'm just being who the Word says I am, and that shines a light, and darkness may or may not like it. Either people will be drawn to the light, or they're going to be angry at the light. But either way, all we need to be is light. It will not overcome you. It is not stronger than what's in you. We have nothing to fear. We were born for such a time as this. Amen. Y'all can stand. I'll tell you what. We've got a few minutes before y'all start looking at your watches. Um, do we have school educators, administration? If you do anything in any school system, homeschool, any school system, walk up here for me. If you're involved, I don't care, janitorial, lunch, yes. 40 years, just, yes. We've got people who have been principals, teachers, all, all age ranges, college, uh, tech, professors, administrators, Christian school, homeschool, daycares. I'm going to give you time. Some more coming. <clears throat> you know, we're we're to a point where it's not just the teachers that we need to pray for. Because a lot of the, the darkness is coming from a lot of different places. So the light has got to come from the lunch lady. The light has got to come in in the administration. 
because that's who hires, that's who oversees. And so if y'all will just reach out your hands towards these that we have. I know some are working upstairs, but Father, we just bring these before you that have influence. And Father, I ask that the words that you've spoken today through your word rise up big on the inside of them. That it not be overwhelming, but that it be overcoming. And Father, that the importance of where you've placed them to be light. Father, that it guide their words, that it guide their decisions. Father, that you give them the way to influence change towards light. That you give them Holy Spirit righteous boldness. That you give them the words to speak and the timing to speak it. That you give them influence. That they would stand before kings, Father. That they would stand before leadership. That they would have the favor of God on them to such a degree that their advice will be sought after. In every area of education in our communities, Father, that their advice would be sought after and that they would have the boldness and the right words to speak, that it would be your influence through them. And Father, we thank you that the tide is turning where every single one of these are. And if there needs to be changes from the top down, then Father, we say, let it be. Let it be. Our children are not for sale, not in any form or fashion, not their bodies, not their souls, not their minds, not their spiritual lives. But Father, you are seeking them out and light will find them. Give these people direction. Show them that child. Show them that young adult. Show them that leader, that administrator that can be reached. And Father, light's going to spread because of the seeds of light that stand before us today. We thank you. Your anointing is upon them and your favor surrounds them as a shield. They'll be protected. They have no man to fear. They'll do what you tell them to do the way you tell them to do it. And they have no, we will not fear their faces as the scripture says. We have one to fear and that is you alone. You are God. We thank you. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen.